my sometimes better judgment, I do tend to follow my instincts, but I'm finding as I do it, the more I do it, the more I hone my instincts and the better they get. And so that's been very positive as well. So even if I don't understand, I don't necessarily need to understand. I don't know everything, you know, I don't know maybe what's best. I know where I want to go. I know the direction I want. So I head in that direction, realizing that like, maybe something's going to happen to veer me in a different, slightly different direction, sometimes a completely different direction, but more often than not, my intuitive sense guides me forward and the universe sort of takes care of the little, you know, the little tiny shifts that need to happen. Welcome to the Spiritual Shift Worker Podcast. I'm Lyanne, and I'm so happy that you've pressed play today. This podcast is here to inspire you, but more importantly, to provide you with the tools you may need in order to make a shift in any area of your life. Whether it's a small shift or a big shift, I will be sharing real-life stories from incredible humans who have done both. And of course, as a shift worker, we will navigate all the ups and downs of working shifts, from nutrition to learning how to ditch the overwhelm, to creating more time to do the things that light you up. So grab that Java, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome back, beautiful souls, to this week's episode of the Spiritual Shift Worker Podcast. And this week's guest is not only a successful entrepreneur, uh, a wife, a mom to four, but she's also a very dear friend and my personal registered massage therapist. Jen Wright and I, during the conversation, figured out it's been a few years uh, since since we first met. And over the years, we've really, over the conversations of hour-long massages, have figured out that we have a lot of things in common, a lot of passions that are similar. We dig into the same things. Uh, which is super cool, right? When you can find someone who is really, really amazing at their job, but is also just such a good human. And I think that's why Jen and I have, uh, you know, deepened our friendship. But uh, I've learned a lot from Jen, especially about entrepreneurship. So this conversation is really cool because it goes through Jen's sort of journey of following her intuition and how she knew when she hadn't followed it and how things turned out and then all the amazing things that have happened in her life where she can say yeah you know what I followed my intuition and this is where it's led me and I'm going to continue to do that and she's honing in on that more and more every day so let me give you a quick bio Jen Wright is a uh, registered massage therapist and founder of Whole Therapy a unique and collaborative multidisciplinary clinic here in the city of Ottawa. She teaches at the high school level and college level and considers herself multi-passionate, underpinned by a goal of constant growth, which I love so friggin' much because I can totally resonate with that. Jen has spent over 20 years in the holistic health field and shares her passion for wellness and her husband with her husband Jamie and yes, her four children. So uh, grab your Java, Uh, let's get started because this conversation um, was really, really good, but I loved being able to listen back to the conversation um, because it had been maybe a month or so, maybe a little bit longer since I'd listened. And that's one of the fun fun parts of uh, having a podcast and editing is that when I do get to go back and listen to the episodes, 
I realized that, man, I've been really fortunate to have some pretty cool conversations. So nothing more to say about that, but just sit back and enjoy. Hey, Jen, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Great. So I would love for you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you are currently excited about right now in your life. I'm excited about so many things. Okay. So my name is Jen Wright and I have a lot of hats. Um, I'd say my most prevalent is I'm an entrepreneur, um, have been for a very long time since probably 2006 and um, I'm registered massage therapist and I am the founder of Whole Therapy, which is which was a group of clinics and is now just one, but more on that later. Yeah. And I'm also a professor at Algonquin College. And I also teach in high schools with my husband, Jamie. We do certification courses for a specialized high school program. So I do a lot of things. And I'm a mother for kids, two grown-up kids, two littler kids. And uh, currently excited about, actually, blanket statement, currently excited about like the evolution that this year has been so far. And I'm really excited to see how it continues to roll on because there's been a lot of change this year. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's why, that's why one of the reasons that I obviously wanted to have you on the podcast, because I know there's been some big shifts, um, but before we get in there, I always like to give my listeners a little bit of an idea on how we know each other. And I really was, when I was typing this uh, little sort of rough outline for the podcast, I was like, how long has it been? Like Molly or Molly and Alex, and then like Finley's five, six, I, I couldn't remember. Like, so it's at least 2018 um, that I met you because uh, that was when I started my online system. And so I have, I have like documented since at least then. So it was like, yeah. And so I don't know if I, how old is, is uh, Max now? Max is nine. So it's, it's like, it was right after you had him, I think. Okay. I so think. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how fast like time goes, but again, like again, so yes. Um, yeah. We went, so, we went to the same Sorry, go. Yeah, listeners know is obviously you are my registered, you are my massage therapist. Like anybody who follows me on social knows that after mm-hmm. my Monday massages, they always get a very um, amazing photo of me and sharing all about you. So with, with your massage face, yeah, I love massage face. It makes me happy. Like it's, it's like a good feeling seeing people's massage faces. But yeah, I think we also we went to the same good life. And, um, my old office manager, Pat, he was the one who said, you know, who you would really like is Lyanne. And I was like, oh, okay. And so he, I remember he booked you with me and then the rest is history. Cause honestly, like we got along like peas and carrots right off. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That good life on, on Queensview and any, and the listeners know that we're in Ottawa, Ontario. And yeah, I had known Pat for quite a number of years. Cause I used to go to like, I had going to that good life since like 19, gosh 98 crazy okay goes back for sure um so as I mentioned this podcast is about making little shifts big shifts in our lives and how people are doing it so much more these days in such an aligned manner right they're just following what feels better to them and not always following the societal standards of what 
past generations have done and what people's expectations are of them. And so I know that you've had, and as you sort of alluded to, a really big shift this year. And we're only, as the time of this recording, we're only in like the middle of April. Mm -hmm. Um, So a really big shift, which you, I think, had been feeling it coming on. And then you had to sort of wrestle with that and figure out what was aligned for you. So, you know, let's talk about whole therapy because mm-hmm. this was your baby. I mean, this is something you built, you created, you loved, and, and, and it started to expand as an actual business model. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, let's, let's talk about that and how you've shifted first, like how it sort of came to be. And then as the time has gone and as recently you've shifted just share all the things about this because okay. I really, really want the listeners to listen and hear and emphasize on the fact that when you start to follow that intuition, when you start to follow the signs that things really always are working out for you. Well, that's, it's great that you put it like that. So I, I always knew uh, that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, when I was a little kid, I would, you know, I would, <laughs> I would collect crab apples in my aunt's yard and sell it to my family members for quarters kind of thing. And I would, you know, make a play up with my brother and my cousins, and then we'd charge admission. And I was always in charge of it. I was the bossiest, I suppose. And so my, um, my gut was always directing me towards ownership, business ownership and entrepreneurial activities. And so I just, I just followed that. And I, I actually, um, intuition led me to massage therapy as well, because I was being pushed very strongly in the direction of becoming an MD. Um, you know, you're smart enough, go be a doctor. You're smart enough, you're academic, go be a doctor. And my gut was always like, but do massage. (laughs) So, and you know, I did, and I'm so glad I did because it turned into definitely something that was a passion and still is over. And it's been over 17 years now. So when I opened whole therapy, it was from a, it was born of a question that I had, which was, can a clinic exist where um, all the practitioners are actually working collaboratively together, not just side by side? Because at the time in 2013, when we opened um Collaborative clinics were actually not the norm. And I think I'm happy to say that we actually sort of sparked some, uh, you know, we were a bit of trendsetters in that way. So a bunch of clinics that came after were became collaborative as well. So in that way, yes, it was like, it was definitely like, quote unquote, my baby, because when I started, I had no idea if I was going to even make it past the first six months. And it turned into a decade long venture. So I'm really, I'm really happy that my question turned into like a positive. Um, Yeah. So that's, that was like sort of the beginning of that stuff. Um, What else did you ask me there? Just I actually, before we we move on to that, but I liked how, you know, birthing something out of a question Mm -hmm. um, and then being sort of the trailblazer, because like you said, this wasn't, and I remember like you would, for me, living the, more of a holistic uh, approach and different modalities than the typical sort of mes- Western medicine, like chiropractic, massage, acupuncture, physiotherapy, all those other modalities, you would always have to go to different places. And I, you're right, I, now that you say it, I, and I guess I never really had put it together, was that you put all these 
places together, but not just in the same building, like saying, Hey, like as a massage therapist, this is what I see now, maybe a Cairo adjustment. So what I just on this whole topic, it's like, how did you like, is this just an idea that came to your head? Like, we all know that everything that we create, everything that we see in this 3D world is always comes as an inspiration, as an idea. Mm-hmm. And so is it, was that, that gut feeling is that, oh, this is like a vision. What was I, it? I think it was, I think it was a bit of logic. It was a bit of the magic and the mundane, as I like to say. So there was like on the logical side, there was definitely a need. I could see the gap in between where, you know, I would see somebody and I would need them to see, I wasn't like the person for them at the time, like massage is great, but they needed somebody else. And I was always hesitant to refer out because I never knew a, if I would, if the, the clinician would do what I needed them to do um, for the client. And B, I would never know if that client would then come back so that I can continue the care that they also needed with me, but me being secondary resource kind of thing. So I thought logically it would make sense if we were all together, but also we'd need to be working alongside one another, not just, you know, parallel to one another. So there had to be that intermingling. So that was that one side. But I think on an intuitive level there, I took a big leap just having a knowing that it was going to go well. Um, either that, or I just didn't think it through. I'm not sure, but, <laughs> but I mean, cause as a massage therapist and as a woman and as a young person, like I wasn't yet 30 when I opened the clinic, um, all of those things put me sort of at a disadvantage. So following my gut was definitely helpful because, um, logically speaking, I was the lower person on the totem pole. And yet here I was being the boss, the clinic owner, you know, and I had chiros who had been practicing longer than I'd been alive. And I had physiotherapists with um, extra degrees. Like one, one of my physios had like seven years of school or whatever. And here's me with three, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of imposter syndrome there that I had to sort of overcome, but it was all driven by an intuitive feeling of this is the right thing. And if not me, who? So I'm really glad that I, that I, you know, had the gumption to go through with it because it turned into a beautiful thing. And like we, what we built, and it's not just me, like I started it, sure, but like we built this incredible team and now a team of teams that just are so invested in helping people. And so it was the right path to go on for sure. Mm, yeah. And I think, I just like the way that you said that, just the the knowing that it was like, if if it wasn't me, well, because I believe that the universe is going to give you an idea. And if you don't take action on it, it'll just pass it off to somebody else. It'll be like, Hey, you know what? Somebody else is going to take the action. And so you you had this belief in this knowing why not me and that fear, like there's obviously there's trepidation or there's like, Oh my God, like, what am I doing? But you had this level of just knowing. Mm-hmm. And every day there's a feeling of like, oh my God, what am I doing? Um, You know, whether you have something that's like incredibly successful or not, I think that's just kind of always going to be there. I accepted that early on, which I think allowed me, I got, I got the mind drama out of the way pretty early on. So I, which allowed me to continue to follow my gut feeling and follow the logical progression of where the clinic ended up. Cause it started very small and it got a lot bigger and we changed a lot from beginning, um, you know, to 10 years later. 
So yeah, so there's, there's a good mix. I've actually, I found that for myself, I've always had a really innately good mix of intuitive sense and like logic. And in fact, I lean more strongly to the intuitive sense than I do to the logic, sometimes to my detriment, but in this case, it wasn't. (laughs) Well, and, and then, you know, a lot of people would question, right? And did you ever, did you have that come across at any point where you were saying that this is just what I know? And people are like, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? You're just out of school. You don't know what you're doing. Like, obviously there's always going to be those people Mm -hmm. um, to put that sort of barrier or that sense of, you need to be logical. Yeah. So did you have that when you first started? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A ton of people. Well, especially like you have no business doing this. Like you've never done it before. Yeah. Well, if we all just did the things we've done before, we've never do anything. Right. So yeah, there was a lot of naysayers. I also got sued my first year into owning the clinic because I had a former business partner who got a little butt hurt that he wasn't included in the going forward of the clinic. Um, so he decided to just, you know, sue me for no reason other than to get me tied up in a legal thing and drain my finances and all that. So that was definitely a kink, <laughs> um, but we got through it and it was fine. Nothing came of it. It was just baseless. So yeah, there was a lot of people who were like, why do you keep doing this? Like, that's just, you know, it's never going to be successful and, you know, this can't, be a business model that works. It's never been a business model that works. And I was like, yeah, but it should be a business model that worked. So I just continued to take action on it until it started to work, which wasn't long, actually. I think it took about two years before we really got up and rolling. So, and it was really only COVID that put a dent in it because we were better and better year over year. We had just cracked it. So uh, I was actually very proud to say that we um, we hit seven figures the right before COVID for 2019, we hit a million dollars in sales. And so that was like a really great, like feeling, especially considering like COVID smashed us so hard being a bricks and mortar business. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And that's, I like, I just blows my mind where people are like, well, that's, that's never been done before. So like, what do you think you're doing? But it's like, you, you just, and I, I like at the beginning where you're like, you were as growing up, you were always the one in charge. You're always the, uh, quote bossy. And how is that right? That kind of personality that you have really attributed to building this business. Oh yeah. There's, there's a whole being, being bossy or being a leader, or both of the above, I suppose, um, really, goes well for me and and has done well for me because I'm able to delegate tasks, especially tasks that I don't find as fun, um, which can get done. And then I can follow up on them and I'm not worried about people not liking me and I'm not worried about whatever. I just know what I want to do and I know how to get there and I know how to ask and, uh, or tell as it were, but in a way that engages people, I guess that's where the leadership stuff comes in. Like, this is what we're doing. But like, here's why, and I'm going to make you motivated. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that, I think I had that like innately. I had that, but I've definitely built upon it. Like I've developed my <laughs> my tact and uh, you know my ability to like pause between uh, reacting to something and then actually saying something. I've definitely like grown up a lot since opening the clinic. So, <laughs> yeah, and that's that's a skill, right? That's a, a self awareness where you you know that. I need to pause, (laughs) you know, it's like dealing with our kids. Let's pause before we say the thing that's going to 
not make this conversation end well and and growing and learning from that um mm-hmm. so when it comes now we're yeah we talked about covid like we'll get back to that but what's since what has shifted with whole therapy right now well i mean right now we just finished closing up our original location so um so to backtrack a few years ago, I franchised and I trademarked the name, which was a good move on my part. So uh, when we did close down this location, it didn't mean that the whole company went under and it doesn't mean that going forward, we won't be opening more. Um, but that particular location, we had the worst world's worst landlords and that combined with industry trends changing a lot, we ended up, it, it was the best thing for us to shut it down. Um, and uh yeah, but COVID was absolutely one of the things that like spurred all of the positive changes, which is so funny to say. Um, it spurred the positive and the negative changes. So I think it, it, it was, I'm actually grateful to that, the whole experience that was COVID. Um, and because, I mean, we we started, we we shut down in March of 2020 and I was I had to face the very real possibility that we were shutting down and never opening up again. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know. I mean, like not just the clinic, like with the world, we didn't know what was happening at the time. Um, We just knew we had no choice but to shut down. And so we did. And um, the very first lesson that I learned was like, you might fail. So what? And, uh, and the so what was so powerful because I had to pause because I I was about to say to my own self, like, well, that means I, I and I couldn't even finish the sentence because I didn't know what it meant. And because I was like, well, it's not my fault if we fail. It just happened. Failing can happen. And that was huge. I like was rocked. And I was like, failing will happen, but I'm still this person that will that will have created this amazing thing. That amazing thing being created. COVID can't take that away from me. Failing can't take that away from me. It's, it's, I did it. So I'm the person that could do it again. So like, that was a huge lesson that came out of COVID is I am not my business. I am not the thing that I created. And with that sort of under my arm, I, I was able to really move forward and be like, wow. Like it liberated me completely knowing that I was the person who created the thing and I could continue to create things. And, and I was not tied to this one particular business. Yeah. Your, your identity was not all held up in this specific location with this business. Yeah. Up until that moment it was. And so that was super great. And then we had opened just in October of 2019, we had opened a second clinic, um, at the other end of town. And, um, it was sort of, <laughs> it sucked because all of our savings was tied up in that. So again, financially, it was like, ugh, COVID sucked for that. And thankfully on that location, we have a great landlord and we continue to have a great landlord. But um, the evolution that ended up happening as a result of COVID was I ended up selling the uh, other location, the second location to an amazing woman, Lindsay. And she is, she owns it now. And I'm still the owner of the name, Whole Therapy. And, but I've got to take a step back in the last few months from running a clinic myself to just overseeing the clinical ins and outs and, and the, you know, the numbers and and checking in with the clinic owner. And it's been amazing as an experience. Like I have no, 
I have no shame around closing the clinic. I have no bad feelings aside from the fact that it's taking a lot of my time to like wrap up operations and stuff. There's nothing but good things that has have come out of this. Yeah. And it was all really annoying, right? You had, you had to come to terms and really accept that this was the right thing to do. Um, And was that again, at any, I mean, we all struggle and I, I don't really love using that word, but it's like having sort of that, you know, imagery of the, the little voice in the back of your head going, don't do this. This is bad for business or you're going to fail in a, such a negative way. What are people going to think? Like you had to have had dealt with that. Like the, the concept of failure is, is very, very wide, right? You can take that from the worst possible thing to what lessons can I learn from this? And I know that where you went with that, but did, what did you like emotionally giving that you spent 10 years of your life, you know, you had these, this amazing team with this, these others, like, you're paying these, these people, this is their livelihood. Yeah. Did well, you, how did you deal with that? The, I mean, the year leading up talking about it, intuition and stuff like the year leading up to us closing was full of me trying to quote unquote pivot um, because I, we hated where we were, the place that we were at was not conducive to growing our business. In fact, it was hindering us considerably. And our industry, as I mentioned before, has changed a lot where it's very difficult to find practitioners right now in any of the fields that we need. And so I could see ahead in with my logical brain, like projections wise, this is not going to go well. And we have another year on our lease and I should try and like figure this out and like switch it and move it, whatever. And so methodically I took action step after action step and none of those things that I tried panned out. And I literally took action massively, like from all of uh, 2022 up until the like Christmas time of 2023. And, um, what happened to finally change my mind to actually make me close down the clinic, because I had a lot of reservations about doing that. I knew that was sort of my very last resort, but something happened that I very much consider um, a sign. We, um, I had changed the clinic. I had been wanting to change the clinic um, business structure to a partnership model because it's a franchise model at the moment. And it was just myself and my husband that own it. And so we, I was like, if we can get some partners on board, we can really move whole therapy into a positive direction. And so I reached out to some business people, um, some of my colleagues, um, and they were, a few of them were interested. And one of the people who were interested was one of our physiotherapists, whose name was Johnny. And so we had just the right amount of people um, to move forward with this new model. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start putting things in place. And then a week before Christmas, Johnny was in a fatal car accident. Mm-hmm. And that took that, um, that route completely out of the picture. Um, so we lost this colleague of ours and I was like, okay, I know it's just not about me, but okay, universe, I'm hearing you. Like, this isn't the right way to go. Um, so I, I was like, well, um, you know, it, I've tried all of the things I've taken all these steps. And the one thing that I didn't want was to say that I gave up on a bad day and closed the clinic down. And by doing all of the action steps the year prior, I knew that that wasn't what I had been doing. And so despite the fact that, um, I was going to basically kick 17 people out of a job, 
um, we made the decision to close it down. And I knew, I knew that it was right because despite telling everyone about it and despite having the emotions, the negative emotions, like, of course, like I cried when I told some of my staff, which I hate because I try not to, I try to be as neutral as possible in the situations, but you know, it didn't work. Um, but despite telling them that, and despite having those sad emotions and, and some guilt for sure, and some failure moments for sure, it still felt right. When I told people about it, it still resonated when I said we are closing in my body. I could feel this vibration, I guess, where it was like, yeah, that's the right way to go. Mm. And, and and people understood. The great thing is, is that my my staff was who I was worried about. You know, um, they all found jobs instantly, which which I knew they would, and so that was good. And so the guilt was assuaged by that. Um, but yeah, it it was it just the whole time I was propelled by a sense of like this is what's right. This is the thing I'm supposed to do. And um, well, even. <laughs> The funniest part, we left, like we did one of those like fly by night leaving because, which is not my style either. And even that felt right. Um, we were, I was, I was counseled legally to basically, cause we had tried everything with our landlord. I was counseled to, to basically pack up my stuff and get out of Dodge. And so that wouldn't have been what I would have done, but even packing up the truck, I was like, yeah, this is what we're doing this is what we're doing. And I, I didn't waver. And that was helpful because if I had wavered, I would have really, I think that would have just put me in a whole world of turmoil. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like that. Right. You, you just, you, you followed that and so many people, whether it be business or relationships, uh, business relationships, personal relationships, they don't follow that feeling, right. They, they get, they get it and then they ignore it because they stick to the logical brain. And where you said you felt like this vibration where you knew it was right. Have well, you I, always had that in your life? Have you always had those experiences where you have that actual physical reaction to know? And that's how you know to follow that. Yes. And I, I, for a very long time, what I did was I didn't follow my gut instinct. And then I would realize later, crap. I knew that I should have gone in this particular direction. I didn't, and I waited too long and now I'm getting kicked in the butt. And I've seen so many people with business in particular, entrepreneurs are the worst. We invest all this time. We invest all this money. We invest our whole selves in these business ventures. And then even though it feels right to move on, to leave, to change, we, we tend not to, because I think I, I firmly believe that there's the time spent fallacy. Like I've sunk all of myself into this. I don't want to wrap it up but like we 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 just don't want to we just don't want to hear it it's like a grieving process ahead of time too and you're like what does it mean that my my you know my baby is is no longer and to me what it meant was really i i decided to make it mean nothing other than life evolves and and that has been extremely helpful because it's really easy to like you know fall into a, a hole with it. Um, but yeah, I've always been, I, I wouldn't have met my husband have it, had it not been for my intuitive sense. Um, I took a job where he ended up being my boss and I would have taken a job elsewhere had I followed logic. Um, the massage school thing, going to massage school against the logical progression of going to med school. Um, and those were big deals. Those were all the big ones. Having children when I didn't logically want to have any, and now I have four. <laughs> Yeah. So yes, I've 
Yeah. Against my against my sometimes better judgment, I do tend to follow my instincts, but I'm finding as I do it, the more I do it, the more I hone my instincts and the better they get. Mm-hmm. And so that's been very positive as well. So even if I don't understand, I don't necessarily need to understand. I don't know everything, you know, I don't know maybe what's best. I know where I want to go. I know the direction I want. So I head in that direction, realizing that like, maybe something's going to happen to veer me in a different, slightly different direction, sometimes a completely different direction, but more often than not, my intuitive sense guides me forward and the universe sort of takes care of the little, you know, the little tiny shifts that need to happen. Well, and that's, that is exactly how it works, right? Where you follow it and you take an action or or follow that, that wherever direction and the universe does literally fills in the grid and gives you the next, okay, now you need to go here. I just want to, I want to backtrack on something that you said about how, you know, people get so invested in whether it be, you know, whatever, be it a business or a relationship, um, starting something new and then they don't want to let go of that for whatever, right? It could be, I don't want to be seen as a failure. I don't want to be seen as flaky for changing my mind all the time. And, Mm -hmm. and what do you like, how do you feel about that? Because I think, I think the way that you've approached it where you're like, you just, it's okay. Like you're very neutral. And I think that is one thing that if we could all just take everything, nothing means anything unless the, it's the meaning that we give to it. Yes. I mean, for me, something that a sentence in my mind that guides me is it's just math, not drama. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I looked ahead at the projections and realized like, this is not a, a feasible business option ongoing, if we have to stay in this space, uh, I was like tempted to be sad and cry and do all. And instead I was just like, it's just math. It doesn't work anymore. So I need to figure something out. And so I think that has been helpful. Um, but I don't know, like it, it's, we tend towards the dramatic, I think, and, and people tend towards the negative. And I've, I've, I've learned that when I feel negative things, I I'll stay there for a few minutes and I'll sit and wallow and I'll cry and I'll feel sorry for myself, which I did, you know, when, Closing a clinic is a big deal and I'm not just neutral, but then I was very, I was, I was happy with my reasons when, if I was, if I were to have quit, um, closed up and whatever with on a bad day or without, without exhausting all my other possibilities and avenues, if I had done it like on a whim, I wouldn't have liked my reasons, but in this case I did, I liked my reasons. So I didn't have to make it mean anything other than it's an evolution. And so it's just math at the end of the day. And can I, does it, does it prevent me from, you know, going forward in business and even opening up another one or two or 10? Absolutely. It does not because different circumstances mean different things. And again, I'm the one who's creating the thing. So I can, I'll take it. It was, it was a failure at the end. We we ended up failing. I didn't successfully meet my own expectations with it, but I'm all right with that. I'm all right. with that. It balances itself out in the end. That's that's another thing I've learned. The biggest, if if I open myself up to big emotions on the negative side, then what I'm doing is I'm also opening myself up to the equal big emotions on the positive side and that I can get around. So every bad thing that happens, I know that there's an equivalent great thing that's going to happen. And so I can experience the the human emotion, you know, have the whole, I can, can live the human experience and have all of those feelings, good and bad. and yeah. Yeah. 
being able to realize that, right? That there is two ends of the stick, right? Uh And that's very good, right? But, and not sticking and staying in those feelings, right? Accepting, allowing yourself to feel those feelings of like a failure. And I'm saying failure in quotes, because really you were successful. Mm -hmm. And so many people, what you just said, so many people would never have, and I've seen it, never expend to all the options going to the okay was this going to work can we try this a lot of people would stop at the first thing and they would like oh this didn't work we're out and you're like no for for your peace of mind or lack of better word Mm -hmm. is that you went you're like okay what could work what could work and now you've exhausted all and you had something so close and then I had a few, I had a few things that almost panned out and it just didn't. And it, it it's, yeah, I, and I, that the, I think the word you were looking for there is indulge. I don't allow myself to indulge over much in the negative stuff. I allow myself to feel it and then I can move on. And that's where I think a lot of people stop. They sit down in that puddle and they just, they make a home there in that yeah. puddle of despair and like, Oh, I tried once, but it's like, if you, <laughs> if you, if you drive to the grocery store and you hit a red light, you're just going to turn around. Like, I hope not. Um, Some you know, people might. <laughs> that's what a lot of people end up doing, proverbially speaking, like in life, right? They hit one red light and they're like, I tried. Oh, sorry. I tried. It's done. Yeah. And where do you think that comes from? Where do you think the people that literally, and, and I don't know which book it's in, maybe you know, that whole, like you're, you're, you know, you're three feet from gold where so many people stop so close to the celebration line where they, where they, the finish line is right there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that book, but that's like in my experience, the more I persist, the better, even like my motto for a very long time. I don't know if I can say this on the podcast, but was fucking persist. And that is, and the the thing that's interesting though, like you talk about like lessons learned and, and like honing my skills and stuff. That was my motto for a very long time. And I've now amended that to say, but also know when to quit. Cause there's a book called quit and it's, I forget who it's by, but it's brilliant. And they, she says, you know, we often quit too late and quit, quit being a very subjective term, right? Like I quit with this, with this closing of the clinic, but I, I didn't just like quit and walk away. Like I didn't drop it and like mic drop. See ya. It was like, I, I ended a chapter, but I did it knowingly and on purpose. And I think that it wasn't too late. I think it was Mm. very timely. Mm. I'm going to have to find that book because that is something that, you know, where I, I used to have this belief that I, I I just, I never finish anything that I start. Mm -hmm. And, and yet it's like, am I quitting? or not doing it because I don't actually feel aligned to do it any longer? Or is it because I, I fear or doubt that I could actually do it in the first place? So like, there's two ends of that, right? You have to really know yourself and discern what is the real underlining belief there. Like when you're, like you said, you, you quit, but you did it knowing it was the right thing to do. I liked my reasons. And one of the questions that I will would often ask myself, because I mean, there are definite bad days, weeks, months, when you are an, like running a business like whole therapy. And um, one, th- one question I would always ask myself during the tough moments was on the good days, do I still love it? And as long as I can continue to answer yes, I knew that it was just a bad day. Right. And so if I quit during those moments, 
I would have kicked myself, you know, but at the end of it, it was, we were dealing every single day with like a horrible landlord. And I was dealing every single day with the uncertainty of the, of our professions in general. And it's like on the good days, do I still love it? And I could say to myself, honestly, I can't remember when the last good day was. And I was like, okay, it's time. Like that was a definite question. So I tend to do that for myself now too. When I have a bad day, it's like, it's not time to quit if on the good days, you still love it. Mm, I love that so much. Oh my gosh. And, but having the awareness to even ask yourself those questions, right? A lot of people aren't, aren't aware that those that to get better answers, you need to ask better questions. A hundred percent. Asking better questions of my own brain has been a revelation for me in the past couple of years. Um, It's incredible because your brain will provide you with evidence to quit if you ask it stupid questions, you know, like, oh, nobody appreciates me. And your brain's like, you're right. And then comes up with all these instances where, where people weren't appreciating you. And if you ask it, you know, how can I enjoy my work more? Your brain will come up with answers for you. And like, isn't that a better question? And that's just, I think, I think a lot of people aren't aware that they can ask their brain questions because I certainly wasn't. That's why it was such a revelation to me. And and even more of a revelation was that your brain actually answers back. Like, how cool is that? And whether you want to say it's, you know, your higher self or God or your spirit guides or all of the above, like it's incredible how, how much farther it takes you. And I think we're, we're a society right now of like, you know, instant gratification. You know, if I grads, grads from my program, when I teach, you know, if they don't feel like they're quote unquote, making a difference within the first six months, they quit. And you're kind of like, like, give it a chance, you know, give yourself a chance to experience some failure so that you can realign yourself with what feels right. Instead of just like dropping it and saying, Oh, it wasn't for me. Cause how do you even know? Yeah. Well, and that's so much, like you said, instant gratification is it's huge. And I, I mean, you can Google any successful entrepreneur business out there where they've had that failure mm-hmm. and yet they persisted, right? Or they've failed and they've built themselves back up again. Like those are the people that take failure as neutral and take it as lessons learned and go, okay, reflect and refine. What did we learn? What can we fix? how can we make it better if we're rebuilding like all the successful brands that have you know been around for a long enough time haven't just it's not all just because of luck and marketing they've had to reflect and refine and and continue to listen to what people want and what people need 100 percent. i used to I used to be like that too. Like I, I was, I was, I always say I'm a recovering perfectionist and I used to think failing was just the end of the world. You know, I I remember failing my very first, I think an only test that I ever failed was in physics class. And I was to say I was devastated was not even, it's like the understatement of the century. I was just like what that meant about me in my own mind was that I was just never going anywhere in life. And I don't know how it sort of shifted. It, it was insidious over time. I, I sort of realized that failing is good, but I still didn't want to fail, even though I knew that the moments where I'd grown the most come, came from failure. It wasn't until I went to the Women in Business Conference one year and I saw this woman speaking. She was the keynote. I forget her name now, unfortunately, but she spoke about her journey with this um, beer company that she had and how she brought it to Ontario this, and got it into the liquor stores and how much of a crazy journey that was. I didn't realize how hard it was to do that. It's hard. 
it's hard. <laughs> and she spoke so candidly about her failures, like they were stepping stones. And I remember thinking, yeah, I like that. I like how transparent she was. And so that actually, I've, I've always been pretty transparent, but that has really, that inspired me to be even more so. And so talking about this experience of closing down a clinic, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that think I've, I had to, like I was forced to shut down because I went bankrupt or whatever, but that's not the case. And honestly, I don't care what people think if they think that fine. Um, but the transparency that I've been able to ex- like talk to people about this experience with has been very liberating for me. And I know already it's been an, ex- an, an educational experience for others. Like I told my students about it, told them the details, you know, and, and the more people can hear about things like that, I think the less likely they are to indulge in misery when failure comes around for them. Yeah, they wouldn't have to sit in it as long. They're going to, they're going to come back to this conversation that you've had and go, okay, what did I learn from that lecture, that lesson mm-hmm. and take it forward and make a better educated or into an intuitively dis- made decision when it's time to, to let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if there's no huge, con- I mean, there's consequences of failing, but fail- failing is literally just not meeting our own expectations. Mm-hmm. When you say it like that, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's not that big of a deal. And failure in itself is neutral. I didn't meet the expectations I set out for myself. I get to think about that whatever I want. And if I think, great, one more failure towards success. That's, that makes me feel a whole different way than if I say like, oh my God, I'm such an ass. Like I'm not going to ever get anywhere in life that like, you know, I, it really contributes the next thing I'm going to do if I'm going to do anything at all, you know? So yeah, Yeah. I like that we get to think whatever we want. We do get to think whatever we want, as long as we can't, we just, we allow so many people allow other people's expectations, other people's opinions to have such an impact on why we can't or why we do certain things and how you just, you, you need to learn to reframe it, right? Take the positive and go, okay, this means nothing. And I think neutrality is something that is neat. It needs to be taught more on how to become more neutral and making decisions or when it comes to money, like debt, like all these things, all these things are neutral. They're only what, whatever generational attachments have been put on your brain to think about these things. Yeah, a hundred percent. And neutrality is so nice because going neutral is, is a step below positive, right? And a lot of people think they have to take these negative things that happen in their life and, and make them positive. And that's just untrue. Like not only, not only should we not try and just like erase the negative, like we should feel the negative, but then moving towards the positive, you have to actually pass through neutral. So that's what I always aim for during those difficult moments. When I'm finished being negative, I, I, I aim for neutral. When I'm in neutral, I can see things very clearly and objectively. I don't have to be happy about them. I can just be observing them. And that's that's a powerful place to be because it's less exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is less exhausting because again, you're not going from, you know, the worst positive, worst negative feeling to like way, way up here in the, you have to be so positive, bring yourself to neutral and move from that spot is way easier, right. Than trying to go from zero to a hundred. 
Well, and it's in that way of thinking that we actually decided to do one extra thing this year, which was we just moved into this house uh, that we built this beautiful house last year. Um, and our mindset was a very different one then than it was that it's become. And so we actually have decided to sell our house. We just, yeah, we, uh, there was, there's a bunch of things that happened, but it's so funny because again, I know this will very likely be construed by some people as a, we have to, you know, like, oh, oh, they shut down the clinic. So they have no money. So they've got to move. And I don't, I don't actually care if people think that or not, that isn't the case, but we've changed. We've evolved so much as individuals and as a couple, Jamie and I, over the last year that we realized very suddenly um, last week that both of us wanted different things from this life. We want to do different things. We want to do more business. We want to do it. And so we're, we're selling our house and it's only hey, been a year. You know what? And this is the thing. I love this. I, I mean, I know how much you guys put into that house, like planning and, and just and planning the gardens and like, I know yeah. but when you can come together as a couple and say no we're good it's okay now let's we want different things and learning to pivot and being having it be okay like we are and I've said this before under no obligation to be be the same person we were yesterday and that. yet you're right people are going to look at that and whatever people can think whatever the fuck they want to think yeah. it's what is best for you and your family because it is it's so refreshing honestly Jen to say to be able to hear you talk like that because again people would take the what are people going to think oh my god we can't do this. We just moved in. We've got all this investment. We've got all this time. G- give it just who cares? That's, you and that's, have to do what is right for you. Well, and that's again, I talk about making intuitive decisions. Like logically, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We have, we invested tons of our time, effort, money, hours, hours, hours into, and like emotions into this house, but it just doesn't feel like it's the right thing anymore. And I'm not somebody that changes my, my opinion like that on a dime and Jamie's not either. So to have us both realize, yeah, like we said it out loud and it resonated, like we're going to sell the house and I have no idea where this decision is taking us, but I, I know that it, with my gut feeling and wholeheartedly that it's the right decision to make, but I can't tell you why, <laughs> like not a hundred percent, but that's, I think that's the beauty of following your gut feeling is that like, I know what, I know when it's saying something I've honed that I've felt it enough. There's a certain sort of fluttery warmth that happens, spreads through my whole body, you know, and I, and it's like, okay all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go with it. And if my husband's intuition matches me, great. And we'll just see, because it hasn't steered me wrong yet. You know, it, it, it has steered me towards emotions that were bad and hard to deal with, but, and then subsequently things, good things happened. And so I can, I know now I can deal with all of the things I can deal with all of the emotions. I can feel all of the emotions, not afraid to feel the emotions. I'm not afraid to deal with hard stuff. And I know from my track record of like having gotten through every single day thus far that I can probably continue to get through every single day. So I'm just like, cool universe, like take me along for the ride. I'm, I'm good to go. I'm, I'm Mm. hopped in and buckled. (laughs) Like Here we go. Oh, and I think you really just answered sort of some of my, my next really question about, you know, 
beliefs that you had to embrace or let go of because you've really, even though you've always been very true to yourself and you're always very confident in decisions, but now you're really embracing that part of you. So what is it? Is it, is it opinions of others that you've really let go of? Like what is beliefs or, or something that you've had to embrace or let go of to really hone in on that? I still, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't get bothered occasionally by the opinions of others. And I definitely consider other people's opinions for sure. Um, but I don't, I don't like at the end of the day, my opinion is what matters most to me. Um, people's opinion of me is actually just none of my business, (laughs) But, but, but things, things that have changed for me. I mean, I had a very, uh, I was very much a scarcity mentality person for a long time. Like if I don't go after this opportunity, then I will never get an opportunity like this again. And I just don't believe that anymore. Not even a little bit. I think that there's endless opportunities. Like this isn't a zero sum game. You know, there's not just finite opportunities. We we get to just open The more I've opened to things, the more I've been shown things. So I'm open to all the opportunities. And so that has changed a huge amount. Um, Giving a little bit of control over to the powers that be, that's been a lesson too. That's like believing that I'm on the right path and I will be led the belief in it has actually made my life so much easier, but really embracing that belief was difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and then doing what I call B plus work that has really changed for me too. So I used to be, like I said, I'm a recovering perfectionist. So I used to be, everything's got to be a plus perfect. I can't put this out into the world. I can't go in this direction. I don't know every single step of the way. I don't know everything that I'm doing. It's not perfected and polished and a gem. And now I'm just like, cool. Like it's, it's good enough and I'll keep making it better as I go. And that's been beautiful and liberating as well. So those are my, done is is better than perfect. Yes. Messy messy action. That's one thing that, um, I, I've probably been the opposite where I've never been the perfectionist, but I've also never set the goal high enough where I'd have to stretch myself. And so stepping out of that comfort zone going, okay, what can you do, but do it messy, just do it and put it out there. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask, how have you been able to embrace that belief, the belief and the the knowing that it's just going to, you're going to be led by the universe or whatever you want to believe, however you want to say it. I think grasp that belief. I think I just, I think I, I I logicked it actually. I think I (laughs) just said like, you know what? You might as well believe this. You know, your track record has been, you follow your intuition and you go good places. So continue to follow it. Stop fighting it. You know, and I I think I just talked myself into it. And then I realized immediately that that was also intuitively the right thing to do because I felt that feeling again. Um, Tuning into that feeling has been helpful. And just being actually, it's going to sound silly, but like being, becoming aware that I was allowed to tune into those feelings and I was allowed to ask my brain questions and that I was allowed to change my mind. And I don't know when I didn't think that, but suddenly I realized that I could. And, and I was like, oh, so I often try and talk to myself. Like I talk to my daughters and, and people that I'm coaching and stuff. And I'll say, like, I'll talk to myself, like, like, it's okay. You know, you can do this. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I've been told I'm, I'm, I I've helped people. I've been told that I'm good at what I do. And I just kind of, at some point choose to believe it. 
Like I could imposter syndrome all day long if I wanted to, but like, why, what is the point? It's the same with my stuff in my head. Like why, why fight it? Go with it. Yeah. Just letting go of the resistance is huge. Right. And that's where you, uh, before we, before I hit record where we're talking about, like, sometimes when you keep smacking your head against the wall or the, the two by four keeps hitting you, you have to sort of become aware that maybe I should stop doing that. And that maybe I should let go of the resistance as to why I'm not necessarily getting where I want to be and follow the path that feels really freaking good where you can say to yourself, hmm, is this, does this feel really good today? Is this what I want to do today? And then go, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. And so I just, I love how you said that. And yeah, we can imposter syndrome ourselves to death because it's easy, right? It's easy to sit back and not do the, do the thing or take the action because of X, Y, Z fear or bullshit story that your ego mind is making up. Mm -hmm. It's all, uh, your brain will always be like, stay in the cave. And Mm -hmm. I just, I've gotten comfortable outside of the cave and I plan on staying outside of the cave because it's like, it's the discomfort that feels great when you lean into it. It's, it's so good, but I, it, it took me really a long time because I, I always used to be the person who learned the lesson the hard way. I would push it and push it and push it and push it and learn and learn. And it would be like, the universe was talking to me, like, stop doing that. Don't do that. And whatever. And I'd wait until it was completely a catastrophic end result. And I'd be like, well, crap, you know? And finally I was like, maybe I should just listen sooner. And I think part of why I didn't for so long was that I've been programmed to think that you have to work hard, hard, hard and suffer in order to be successful, happy, whatever. And that's just not true. Sometimes the bet, like this, this whole thing with the house, with the clinic closing, um, with me getting opportunities, teaching, all of that came out of just letting go And so that was a bit of an opportunity where I could see that I can see it very clearly now and I can go, okay, I'm going to do more of this. I'm going to do more of the allowing and less of the fighting because there's, it's just way less energy expense, you know, and, and it feels a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, It's funny. I just, last week's podcast episode I did, it was about working hard and where there's, there's the belief that in order to be successful, you have to struggle and you have to go through the pain and you have to like hustle and grind. And I'm like, I, I just, that's bullshit. Like yes. it's, it's literal bullshit. Like, and Hey, if you still need to learn the lesson, fill your boots, but yeah. there's other ways that you can do it. And by letting go of the control of the resistance and saying, I don't need to learn that way. I don't need to be hit over the head 10 times. I'll learn the first time and take the path of least resistance. Yep. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like hard work feels good, but we don't have to have everything be hard all of the time. Yes, there's a difference and there's, it's, it depends on how you want to like the inflection in the words working hard versus working hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's two ways to take that. It's working hard or working hard, but working hard and doing the enjoying it and full in full alignment. Right. And that's, that's one of those things we, because that was going to be one of my questions, like working hard versus working in alignment. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, you're allowed. I think what it comes back to what you said before was like, you're allowed to be a different person today than you were yesterday. You're allowed to want different things. Like I thought for some reason that I had to be whole therapy gen all forever. And like, it's still my company, right? But I don't have to be the clinic owner all the time. In fact, I'm not anymore. And I just embraced this new role and it was easy. Like it was easy. Um, And, you know, that evolution was 
oh, okay, here I am. You know, like I, I didn't have to struggle or fight against it. And, but it feels, it, it fit like, it felt like a, like a very comfy pair of shoes. And I was surprised by that, but that that's what alignment feels like. It's like, it feels easy and effortless to be in this place right now. Whereas before I was grinding every single day and being miserable. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure exactly when that's, that began in that way. But when I realized where I was at, I was like, I'm very out of alignment doing the thing that I thought would keep me in alignment forever. And it's like, oh, well, things can change. And yeah. So I should and, change so, it. and so many people don't take the action of the, or they're not aware. They're not aware, I guess maybe is. And then they are, therefore don't know how to take the next move, but that they just feel and uh, given the progr- programming and whatever, that they must stay in the job that is they're miserable in because yeah. of whatever, and that oh. they can't possibly do anything else. Yep. Yep. And yeah. we're allowed to be happy. We're allowed to like yeah. do things that make us passionate and feel good. And we're allowed to change our mind and we're allowed to disappoint people. That was a big one for me too. Closing the clinic. I mean, you were one of my clients out in the West end and I'm so glad that you've decided that yes. driving to my other locations. Okay. But I had to, I had to like really, that was tough for me was like letting people down, but it's allowed. I'm allowed to let people down in pursuit of the things that feel better for me because yeah. I'm in, I'm in my own head and I'm going to be in my own head forever and mm. no one else is. So I might as well make myself be in as, as much alignment as I possibly can and follow my gut and develop a good relationship, mm-hmm. develop a good relationship with my intuition. Because if I don't, no one's going to do it for me. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Such a good conversation. And I just know we, we've sort of touched on it, but like really you've come into being able to really speak your truth a little bit more. I know that COVID, like you mentioned, really, you know, places got shut down. There was things that you didn't necessarily agree with over that period uh, oh. in the fear of, you know, losing customers and how I know that you really have not just the fact that the clinic is now closed, but that you're like, I'm just going to be me and I'm going to say what I feel and say my truth. And how do you find that people, the reaction to that, good or bad, or is it neutral? Uh, I think more often than not, I've had positive reactions uh, to me speaking my truth more. I also turned 40. So they said that that was going to happen, right? Turn 40, no bullshit, you know, and I didn't have much bullshit before, but definitely that's true. I did have some people though, I wrote a uh, a blog about why I closed the clinic and I ended up quoting Ben Shapiro in my blog. And I had a bunch of people, a bunch, like actually a handful of people who called the clinic to tell me that that was an inappropriate thing to write. What I wrote was Ben Shapiro said, facts don't care about your feelings, which was just an apt quote for what I was writing about. And I actually didn't even realize it was a Ben Shapiro quote when I put it up there. And then I was like, okay, cool. It was Ben Shapiro. It doesn't matter who said it. It was the quote that I'm after, right? I'm just dating who the source was. And people were like, that is inappropriate. Like you're reading my blog about me closing my 10 year clinic and you're worried about Ben Shapiro, like go fly a kite. So I'm glad, I'm very glad that some of these people have been weeded out of my life as a result of me speaking more of my truth because I didn't want them around anyway. And I realized that a couple of them stung. There was a couple people that have been in my life for a long time who now aren't because of me being more forthright. And I, I sort of missed them and it sort of stung, but not really. Once I got over the initial, I was like, cool, let me be around people that 
you know, are more real and in my space than people who aren't and just tolerating me. I don't want to be tolerated. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think this is a lesson sort of, we can go forth with that where when you are more authentically yourself and I'll be honest, like there's things that I have said at the set at the beginning of this last, what, three years of drama that we've all the world has lived in and the backlash that I received as well. And it was like, I don't actually care about your opinion because I'm just going to tell you what I, I, whether or not you want to follow me, listen, I don't care because the people that, and again, it's not to be an echo chamber, but it's like, if you have the same feelings towards what's going on in the world as I do, you have a safe place to come Mm -hmm. to me and we, you can, you can feel safe in expressing your feelings if you're not ready to share it in publicly because so many people are afraid to say their truth in the fear of that backlash. And I think that you repel and you attract when you are your authentic self. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and unapologetically my, you're an authentic self because like that's people, people do that and they'll put things out there and they'll say what they mean to say. And they'll be like, if that's okay with you. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like, just eliminate that last part of the sentence and you're fine. And you're good. Uh, such a good conversation. As we know, we have lots of times and good chats <laughs> and really leading in, I think a little bit more in 2023 to tap more into that intuition, tap into those guides that can follow, lead us and show us what the path is. And I, I'm excited for the journey that we're going to take on together. But um, is there an area in your life that you wish to go really deep this year? Whether, I mean, business, personal, what is it? Actually, it's really just growth. Um, I, I'm, I've been really leaning towards um, everything that makes me uncomfortable in the last little bit. And I've found it, it bears such sweet fruit. And so I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm pushing my limits in my, in every part of my life and pushing myself into feeling more uncomfortable feelings the ones that I know are good for me and that, so that's, yeah. So it's, it's, it's like multifaceted. So it's work related and, and business related specifically it's personal, you know, it's with family and stuff like that. I'm, I'm leaning into all of that this year and I'm excited because it's already taken me a lot farther than I expected it to. Yeah. And we're only end of April. April. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I know that you've, you've got a few things in the fire as they say, but where, if you have anything to share where if you want people to follow you, where can they do that? Um, and obviously in the Ottawa area, there's still the, the whole therapy out on Lancaster, but share all the deets. Um, well, you can check out our website at wholetherapyottawa.com and I'm whole therapy Jen on Instagram. That's the platform that I'm usually on the most. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn as Jen, right? I'm really easy to find on purpose. I like when people find me and ask me cool questions. So <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. And again, I appreciate you. And I'm so glad that our paths have crossed because I feel like this journey is this year is going to be pretty, pretty cool. And I'm excited to see what, what comes out of it. So me too. Well, thanks for having me. Great. And everybody, if you love this episode, make sure to share and tag both Jen and I and everything we've talked about will be in the show notes. And we will see you next week on another episode of the Spiritual Shipworker Podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me today. 
If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone who you think would love it too. And a five-star review helps get the Spiritual Shipworker podcast out to those that need it most. I can't wait to connect with you online, so make sure you follow me on Facebook at The Spiritual Shipworker and on Instagram at Lianne Magahi. It's time to enjoy the shift, one breath at a time.